Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, um, D'Amico Ryans is, uh, I won't say he's part of a dying breed, because I think most of the coaches still go to the Combine, but um, there are coaches who are continuing, uh, you know, the list is is dwindling. Robert Sala doesn't go, Sean McVay is not going this year, Mike McCarthy doesn't go, D'Amico Ryans is there. And I think if you're wondering why, like, I, I know I would want to be there. I would want to talk to guys face-to-face as opposed to on Zoom. That's just how I like doing business. Yeah, I guess the more relevant question is, okay, why not? Because there's still the extreme minority that doesn't go. Robert yeah. Sala, uh, Sean McVay, and Mike McCarthy. And I think a, a lot of it, from what I've read, with various guys are going to have their own reasons. But the scouting combine, kind of the scouts can do their thing and, like, be get all the information they need and have their time with the interviews and everything. So where coaches can work on bringing the new coaches into the fold, getting ready for practice, all of that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, I, yeah, there's, I've thought about this and I'm like, okay, am I being, am I being grumpy old man and thinking the coaches should go to the combine? I would say no. And I think that D'Amico backs me up on this on on exactly what value you can get out of it. Yeah. Here's D'Amico on, I I think something he said about approaching free agency resonated with me about what this week means to the Texans. When you talk about free agents, when you have that firsthand look of the guys who you've spent day after day with you know them you know their strengths you know their weaknesses right you know everything about the player you know how they are when things get hot and heavy like how do they handle it so i think there is an advantage to man i know exactly who this guy is i know exactly how he will respond as opposed to reaching for someone you may on another team that you may not have much info about uh so it, it, there's a lot that goes into it. it's like while we're here at the combine we're trying to gather as much information on these players and their backgrounds as much as we can to identify who they are as a person, right? And in the free agency process, it kind of gets sped up, and sometimes you miss out on truly figuring out, man, who is this person that we're bringing into our building? So for me, it's always person over player, right? And bringing the right person in is uh, is of high importance to me. Yeah, and I just think it's better, that's better served doing it in the same room talking to somebody than it is over a Zoom call. I just think you get a... Whoa. You get a better feel for it. Yeah, it's. Um, I think in, in free agency, obviously, is a whole different beast than in the draft because there's so much projection that goes on in the in the draft. I think in um, uh, the 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 dicey thing is that, like it is in any business, you can also read too much into an interview, and you know, people. It's a different environment than the actual work environment. I care about it for quarterbacks. I think the interview really matters for quarterbacks because that's actually like. That's the kind of artificial environment that quarterbacks find themselves in all the time. Yeah. And there's a certain charisma that I, that most good quarterbacks have that, that you can sense immediately. So I like as far as defensive linemen go or anything, especially defensive linemen, I don't I don't care. You know, I like some of my favorite That's true. awesomest teammates were horrible, horrible personalities. So like not not bad people, but just bad personalities. Some of them were like the, the funniest guys on earth. There's just no telling. I'm probably projecting my previous life into this opinion a little too much yeah. where as I've, you know, as people know my background, I've interviewed hundreds of people for jobs back in the day when I was in sales. That actually is an environment where you're like, okay, I do want to see how this guy does in an actual interview since, you know, 
a sales call is kind of basically a sit down interview with somebody. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah, obviously, like the, the, sh- the, the you know the the, the 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 shoe is on the other foot when you're doing a sales call, but like you want to see how they present themselves in a professional environment, kind of thing. And you're right, the other not as uh, applicable in football, probably. Landry's Landry's point about not going is uh, I, I disagree on, with him on one. He had texted us. He said McVeigh had no picks. Solomon McCarthy's nerdy. <laughs> I don't know if he wants me to read it verbatim. Basically, say they they don't have a lot of say in. Uh, what's going on with personnel? That's I agree with that. Um, I think with the whole thing about the Rams though is that they've had a boatload of picks in draft picks. They just have they've traded away some of their more premium draft picks. So I, um, I, I think there's because honestly, the guy, the first and the first rounders and the second rounders, you're going to see those guys at their pro day and everything. A lot of the mid round picks are what's more important for the the combine environment. But yeah, I think the separation between the separation between the coaches and the personnel people in some places is way more stark with and the point Landry's making, I think is that with the Texans, look, D'Amico and, and very involved. have a very close relationship. Yeah. I think when it comes to this stuff, no, and they, they respect each other's opinion. It's a fair point. I guess what I would want to know is the guys who are staying home, like what are you actually doing while you're back in Florida yeah, Park, McCarthy New Jersey? Doing? Yeah. Like McCarthy honestly, who admitted to lying to Jerry Jones about having watched every snap of the Cowboys and, uh, as he was interviewing for the job. Yeah. Who had an expose done by Tyler Dunn a few years ago about how the dude loved to just go get massages when he was the coach in Green Bay at various times. To be, to be fair to McCarthy, it was he had some kind of a back issue and he was getting like a like a a non Deshaun Watson type of massage. Fair enough. I'll eliminate what I just that. said. I still think McCarthy's yeah. probably sitting at a donut shop right now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a reason he's got a back issue. It's, yeah. it's not because he was running too many right. miles per right. week. I'm not okay. here to fat shame yeah. the guy. I just don't think he's doing anything productive as we speak. Did you, did you hurt your back power cleaning there, McCarthy? Is that uh, is that what you did? Huh? Yeah. Sure looks like it. <laughs> you just squatted a little too heavy last week. Chiseled yeah. from stone, this guy. Um, here's D'Amico Ryans on um, C.J. Stroud. When did you first really get the sense that Stroud was as even-keeled and calm as he is? Well, it started right here at the combine, right, when you were evaluating young players. Right? You see C.J. come into our room in the formal interviews and just see, you know, he had that calmness about him, right, in the room. And you can tell, for me, I can tell instantly, like, if a guy, you know, has what it takes. And I, I saw that in CJ when he first sat down and he began to speak to us about his background, right, and his college experience. And then you see, right, his teammates and how they spoke about CJ. I remember being here last year and every Ohio State uh, teammate that sat in our room, they spoke highly of CJ and the type of leader he was and what he meant to them and the things that he did to those guys to help them. So it's, uh, you can't hide, right? Your true character always will will show, and it showed that CJ was a, a really great guy, raised the right way, and he was the same guy throughout the entire year. He didn't change, right? And that's a true testament to his upbringing, his family, his parents, and the way they raised him. See, I, I think for me, Sean, the, the reports from other people is always way more important to me than the actual interview with the guy himself. Sure. Because you know, you know I bet is awesome in interviews face-to-face, Sean? Johnny Manziel, I bet he, I bet he would meet people at the combine and be like, "Oh man, what a what a charismatic dude!" Yeah, His teammates all love him. Why do they love him so much? Because he's Johnny Football. Well, he's like, also it, really good at lying. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. So. right. So, but when it comes to what do people say about him? Yeah, you know, what do people say about that player, and what do the teammates say? There's a different level of. 
you know, reading between the lines. Yeah. That everybody, remember Connor Cook, they, they had a couple of his offensive linemen come out and say, no, he's a fantastic fella. Connor Cook uh, wasn't uh, a captain. Remember, that was a big thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it was like, but like even his offensive linemen yeah. were going to throw him under the bus. Yeah, yeah. Especially when you don't want to look like a jerk yourself. I think that with CJ, there was more actual stories about how exactly CJ operated and what made him different perhaps than other quarterbacks. Um, I think that's, that part's valuable to actually get, get the, the feel a consensus on how a guy's teammates feel about him. If it's over the top. Yeah. This guy's just different. I still think there's a chance the Texans had CJ number one on their board. I do. I hear stuff like that. And I like the, cause all the rumors were they were going to take Bryce young if they had the number one overall pick. Yeah. Um, you know, I think they knew they were going to be picking second, so they probably knew they were going to be taking C.J. Stroud. I wonder if they, if they had the number one pick and they truly had to like get super introspective about it or get really start to dig in, um, if if they wouldn't have arrived at C.J. Stroud with the number one overall pick, I don't know. Um, I'm just glad he's I mean, the quarterback. The, the, the biggest now. thing with Bryce, honestly, the biggest thing with Bryce that I wondered about still is there are a lot of anonymous scouts or what have you, or people that aren't in the game anymore that could easily overlook Bryce's size. That's a whole different story when you're up there with your finger on the nuclear button. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just uh, it, it's seeing Bryce Young in person and, uh, and maybe and not, not to mention just listening to him talk. Um, is that your leader of men? Right. I don't know. I don't know. And I think that there are more teams probably than whatever the anonymous executive polls and everything would show that just flat out at the end of the day would, would, would have preferred to go with a more prototype-looking guy. It didn't help Bryce this season because I would watch a lot of Bryce's post-game press conferences just to see how he was handling things. Yeah. That's one of the kind of the things I'm always intrigued by. Like, how do guys who won constantly in college handle losing at the professional level? What he didn't help himself with is his basic – his go-to sort of attire for post-game press conferences was a sleeveless T-shirt. He like looked he, like he should have been out playing uh, under the pavilion. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, at the very least, like playing basketball under a pavilion in the summer or something. Yeah. You know? But definitely a teenage boy. Yeah, dude, put uh, a hoodie not, on or something. Or put a, you know, put a, <laughs> put a, a button-down shirt on. Like he's, got sleeveless, he's got his tiny little bird arms popping out of a sleeveless T-shirt. Oh, oh, that. Yeah, a yeah. A mopey yeah. look on his face because he yeah, just Yeah, I didn't lost. think about the small arm part yeah, of it. Yeah, dude. He's got his skinny little arms and his baggy sleeveless T-shirt. I'm like, you look like you're 13 years old with a fake mustache and beard right now. Like you're just like you're trying to go buy beer. Like he, that's he does he, have the facial hair of somebody who's trying to look older, doesn't he? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's got that. For his buddies. Yeah. He's got that convenience store mustache. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. All right. Uh, Derrick Henry versus Saquon Barkley. If you missed it earlier, Seth puts together a phenomenal. If we were arguing this in court. I would want to be part of Seth's legal team arguing the case for Derrick Henry over Saquon Barkley for the Houston Texans. That is next.